Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of iLoop. My guest today is Rajiv Maheshwari. Rajiv has 25 years of experience as a management professional. He qualified as a chartered accountant and graduated in the director's merit list at IIM Bangalore, one of India's leading business schools. Becoming a parent proved to be a significant catalyst for him. It led him to make very different life and career choices. Watching his two children grow and closely interacting with them spiked his curiosity, accelerated his learning and helped him to reconnect with himself. He's spent the last decade as CEO of India's leading intellectual property rights firm. Alongside his day job, he is an author, blogger and co-founder of knowledge sharing portal from the expert's mouth. As with all my other guests, I began by asking Rajiv to describe a turning point in his life that changed his way of being and living. I would say one of the biggest turning points in my life uh, came about when I was uh, on a roller coaster ride uh, in my corporate career. At one point in time in the previous 15 years of my working, I had gone through 11 designations and you know uh, career moves. And at the same time, my kids were growing up. And uh, even in my like early childhood, I used to love you know, playing with my younger siblings and cousins. And, and at that point in time, somewhere in you know, those years when I was traveling and you know, li- literally living out of a suitcase, somebody just said this to me uh, while making a career switch. And he said that I don't want to see my kids growing horizontally. I want to see them growing vertically. And uh, it was a simple statement, but a very profound one. And uh, that decided what I wanted to do in life going forward. I don't want to be you know, away from the family and especially the kids while they were growing up and you know, miss their golden years. Just recapping on that statement that your friend or you know, your acquaintance made. So what did he say? Can you just repeat that again? He was making a career switch to uh, an in-house role in a corporate. And... Uh, while leaving consulting, he said this to me, that I don't want to see my kids growing horizontally, which means that, you know, when he's home, all he sees is, you know, the kids growing taller and taller lying on the bed because he's not at home while they're away. Uh, typically, we would take, you know, early morning flights and, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So I don't want to see my kids growing horizontally. I want to see my kids growing vertically. When they're awake and not just... When they're awake, the exactly, yeah. See. So that was uh, the main trigger point because uh, I didn't feel it was right to go through life and miss those golden years because uh, pretty much everybody uh, I met said that, you know, this time is never going to come back. Do you know, I, I love this, um, this thing that you've just sparked in me because I, you know, I'm working on a book um, about what men want and what men think and feel. And you've just reminded me of some of the recurring themes that were coming up in the conversations I've had for this book where men feel I mean, obviously, there's so much focus on women's rights and right. women getting more equal opportunities. But men often feel that they don't get the opportunity to be the kind of dad they want to be, you know, because yeah. they don't get the same amount of parental leave or, you know, paternity leave or... And, you know, the other thing, Rohini, sorry to interrupt you, but the other thing about society is that, you know, you're not considered, uh, you know, to use the phrase you're not considered man enough if uh, you say that you've got domestic duties or if you want to spend time with uh, the kids or, you know, uh, attend uh, to maybe your wife who's expecting. So 
So somehow we have this concept and notion in society uh, that you know it's the woman's job and it's not the man's job. And uh, I don't think uh, that is true because the times have truly changed and uh, the, the structure of the society and the nuclear households is just not what it used to be earlier. So I think it's a time to question all our uh, you know, long-held beliefs, which we just seem to carry on from one generation to another without really examining, you know, is it consistent with the reality and the structure and the fabric of the society that we live in? Yes, and especially as more women are working now, you know, yeah, um, if, if, if companies don't have those kind of rights for men and women, then there's automatically going to be discrimination because a woman may feel that it's her role to be the, the carer and the person who's around. And do you think that's partly because the men haven't really even considered asking for things because very often that's that's the problem that if you don't ask you don't get oh yes absolutely and uh, honestly i don't think everybody uh, has that sort of uh, desire as well sure. not everybody you know looks forward to uh, you know fatherhood as much as probably uh, i was looking forward to we are all cut out differently and, and I want to talk a little bit about your childhood, Rajiv. I mean, you, your passion for, you know, being there for your children, watching them grow. And, but I want to just maybe go back to your childhood. Tell me what that was like. So, you know, a, a few things, if I look at, you know, what I have been doing in the recent years, I can easily trace them back to my childhood, for example. So one of the things that I used to do uh, in childhood uh, which I'm very proud of. I even wrote it in my CV and, you know, a few people made fun of me behind my back and, you know, some of them in front uh, of me on my face. Uh, but I still am proud of the fact that from standard seven, pretty much in the entire middle school and senior school, uh, six years consecutively, I did not miss a single day of school. So I had 100% attendance for six straight years, right? And uh, at that time, it didn't mean anything much except, you know, uh, walking up and getting a certificate from the school principal. So, you know, that was like a big moment. Uh, but I think in life, uh, it has manifested itself in very different ways. Because if you show up every day and, you know, if you are consistent in whatever you are doing, ultimately it leads to results. You know, there's a theory that if you just improve 1% every day, you will become a multi-bagger in, you know, in a year's time itself, you know. So that kind of uh, trait has stayed with me over all these years. I think the other thing which I used to do in childhood was kind of crack the system. So, you know, rather than sitting and studying for long hours because I was more interested in, you know, playing and pulling around and, you know, all of that. So uh, I used to kind of look at, you know, the last year's question papers and patterns and, uh, you know, look at 10, 20 years patterns, try and get into the mindset of the uh, examiner and the question setter. What is it that they are thinking? if this is the pattern that they have been following for the last you know 10 or 15 years what is it that they are going to be doing you know in my time and hence optimize my effort so that i had to study the least and uh, still you know sail through with flying colors and i was pretty good at that so i was in the top 10% so that was good enough for me in terms of how it relates to what i do currently uh, of course you know analytics and uh, ai and ml these are big things and uh, they are all, you know, predictive and uh, intelligence tools, essentially helping us foretell the future. I use some of that mindset and thought processes and apply it to AI, ML, and uh, these predictive and 
the intelligence stack technologies to figure out what the future is going to be. So what was your was your intention really to get the most out of, you know, so it's, it's the, the productivity thing, you know, the, for the minimum effort, maximum output? Yes. Was that no, I didn't. I actually didn't need the maximum output in life at that point in time because uh, I came from a, you know, fairly uh, privileged and well-to-do business family. Uh, so, you know, somehow in my mind, I had that feeling that, you know, I was comfortable and I didn't really need to do uh, too much in life. I, I just had that feeling in childhood. I distinctly remember. Uh, I don't think like that at all uh, anymore. That's a totally different issue. Uh, but that was the feeling then. So it wasn't to maximize the output uh, or the results. It was just to get enough by spending the minimum amount of time. I see. Okay. So yeah, that was my algorithm in those days. And so the connection between you know doing chartered accountancy and what you do now, which is much more technology focused and artificial intelligence and machine learning. So tell me, tell me a little bit about how that, you know, shift happened for you. Yeah, so that is, you know, that is where I again come back to my story of my children. So uh, in my years at uh, Accenture and WNS, which are, you know, both very solid from a tech standpoint, I wasn't really doing too much of tech, although I was forced into uh, tech projects. My first project manager in Accenture, you know, put me on to uh, an ERP project and I had no tech background and he just you know instilled that self-belief in me which I never had as far as tech was concerned he said no you will do it I am confident you just go ahead and you know be yourself so here was the turning point as far as my tech journey is concerned so I was sitting with my son uh, who was then I think in standard five or six uh, this was about uh, six years ago or thereabouts and he said you know dad I'm interested in programming can you teach me I said, you know, I didn't, uh, I haven't learned any of it uh, in my education. I only did a couple of years in school, and that was like a language called BASIC, which is never really used in the real world out there. Uh, so just some basic stuff. I told him, okay, I will revise whatever I know, and I will teach you. So in the summer holidays, I taught him whatever I knew. Uh, he picked up whatever I knew in my from my two years uh, of programming. He picked it up in uh, a couple of weeks flat, and uh, then he said, okay, I want to know more, and uh, then he started, you know, creating concepts that were, you know, completely out of the world for me. So, for instance, one of the things he said uh, when I taught him, you know, how to capture a mouse uh, using some commands, which of course I learned and then taught him. Uh, he said, okay, if, if we can do all of this, then maybe we can create a replica of MS Paint kind of software uh, using QBasic, which is uh, something that I don't think anybody can even fathom. I mean, no adult will tell you that you can create a replica of MS Paint using, you know, a few basic programming language, right? Uh, then, you know, we, we did something with uh, graphs and images and uh, he's interested in music. So we started playing around with sounds as well. All this in the most elementary and rudimentary programming language in the world. And uh, then he started saying, okay, why do we make graphs if people who cannot see will not be able to see these graphs. Can't we convert these numbers into you know, audio frequencies? And can we make an audio graph which even the visually impaired can you know, listen into? And I was uh, shocked. Yeah. I said, you know, this is my kid and uh, I must have all of these things inside of me somewhere that have gotten uh, you know, either forgotten or uh, they were lying latent and hidden somewhere uh, all, all these years. So that led me to really think and question, you know, who am I and, you know, what are my skills and 
uh, if I'm so good with numbers, then you know why am I not uh, really shining on the tech front? And that's because of the you know educational choices I made and the self-limiting beliefs that I had developed over all these years. So it was almost like you know you realize that you're an elephant and your you know legs were tied to that little iron stub when you were a child and uh, you always believed that you couldn't you know move out of it. So from there one thing led to the other and you know I picked up more advanced uh, knowledge and. Uh, of course, combined programming with analytics and uh, algorithms, which is really what AI and ML is all about. And then I combined it with uh, language because uh, that was the other passion that I had. And uh, that led to, I mean, a whole new frontier of development, which was quite unique in, in those days. So, you know, you, you sound like somebody who, I mean, normally children ask questions, you know, children are very curious, especially when they're young and you know, everything is like a question. And sometimes par as parents, we can get a little bit tired of that. And especially when they go to school. So very often that whole, that natural ability to be curious gets killed quite young. So what were you and your wife doing differently for your young son? to stay curious? Was it that you allowed that curiosity to flourish in the home? Was he in a school that encouraged it? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, so definitely answering questions but uh, and encouraging curiosity rather than quelling it. Uh, but more importantly, I think we participated along with the children in terms of, you know, whatever they were asking. So it isn't uh, as if, you know, we are giving the answers or asking them to Google the answers. Uh, we said, okay, if there is something we don't know or if there is something that we can do, then it will be so much more interesting. So we, you know, our style of parenting was more getting the kids to do something. And in the process, we picked a lot of this, these sort of skills ourselves. So, you know, programming was one and, you know, then that was followed by robotics because when I asked my son, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And this time, you know, he was like uh, maybe a 12 year old or something. And, uh, he said, I want to do something which, uh, which combines programming with uh, you know, the mechanical uh, aspects. And I told him, this sounds like robotics. And he said, okay, what is robotics all about? And then I explained it to him. He got interested. So we put him into robotics class. And I also learned you know, a little bit of you know, kiddie robotics along with him, uh, did some do-it-yourself kind of projects with him. So it's not just uh, telling them or you know, guiding them or answering their questions. It's also about being engaged in it along with them. Because what we don't realize a lot of times as parents is that uh, children don't listen to us as much uh, and learn from us as much as they see what we are doing and how we are spending our time, right? So if you're doing something along with them, then I think that makes all the difference. I love that, gosh. Um, I wish we'd had this conversation when my children were younger. I could have been a different <laughs> kind of parent to my children. So, so that's about your son. Now, tell us a bit about your daughter. What was her curiosity? So uh, she's, you know, uh, my son, if he's the quintessential left-brained, my daughter's the qu quintessential, you know, right-brained. So when she was growing up, uh, one of the things that I do remember distinctly is uh, we had a lot of conversation about writing and she was interested in reading and writing. And uh, I think somewhere around the age of uh, five, she was between five and six years old, uh, she she looked at me, you know, writing articles and, you know, I used to enjoy it and I would, you know, show it to her. Uh, she said that, you know, even I want to start a blog. 
and uh, she started one when she was that young uh, today of course she will kill me if i you know let out the name of her blog <laughs> uh, in public because yeah that's that's not her anymore her writing has evolved uh, significantly since then but uh, you know having those uh, discussions with her about you know various aspects uh, was you know completely life changing to give you an example one of the things she wrote about uh, when she was around that age maybe 8 year 7 years old or so uh, i asked her one day you know what is going on so she said you know there are projects in school and this and that i said what are the challenges yeah you know others don't work i have to do all the work myself and the conversation went on and i realized that you know this is like a mini mba session going on and uh, out of all the things that uh, we spoke about i said why don't you compile a 10 part series on uh, you know managing teams and uh, about management and uh, she did that and uh, even though those those were really mini articles with you know maybe a couple of hundred words or even less than that each uh, divided into 10 parts uh, but it was uh, an amazing experience for a parent to see the child you know thinking so creatively and expansively about uh, simple things like uh, doing projects in school I think it's all credit to you and your wife because I feel that, especially in this day and age where we have so many distractions, you know, we've got smartphones, we've got Netflix, we've got, you know, we've got a million other things, which means that even parents who are physically present with their children are mentally not there, you know, because they're they're distracted by other things, and you know, the kind of um, interest that you took in your children's. and without making fun of them without making them feel like oh you're too young to be thinking about these things i think that's so you you know congratulations to you and your wife for yeah, bringing thank you. amazing um, children so so in that process of because someone once said to me that you know to truly master something you have to teach it to someone else and absolutely so the process of you getting involved in these activities with your children what did you learn about yourself Oh, a a lot of things. I think uh, in the last ten uh, years, ever since I made you know that career move, I've been uh, the CEO of this firm for uh, exactly a decade now. I think my life has completely changed. So uh, for starters, of course, you know there's uh, again I'll divide uh, the skills into maybe the left brain and the right brain part. Uh, so on the left brain side, of course, I've picked up a lot of technical skills, and I have that confidence in me today that I can learn anything and I can do anything. i don't think that confidence was there in me even you know 5 6 years ago before i really really took off on this journey right and that's uh, i believe a very powerful thing to have in life so that's on you know on the technical side i think uh, from my daughter i have learned a lot of things apart from of course you know we both have kind of kindled our interest for writing so that has led me to you know writing a lot of things i became an author last year I wrote a twenty-part series on year in review, which even today is ranking, you know, number one on Google for a couple of, uh, you know, terms with billions of results and all of that. I think in terms of uh, mindset, also I've learned a lot from her, especially because uh, of you know the compassionate nature and the intuitive nature that she has, and uh, she kind of is very very perceptive. So even when she was very young, maybe again, you know. Four five years of age or uh, around that time, uh, she could sense, you know, who in the family is 
being you know genuinely concerned and who's putting up an act and you know uh, she would make it known to us that yeah she she did understand those things i i thought that you know it took me a long long while in my life to really get to that level but uh, i've picked up a lot of these things uh, from her personality as well if i look at you know what i've been able to do to keep you know people around me motivated or the team motivated uh, i don't think i could have done that uh, you know maybe 5 or 10 years ago so it's all because of uh, i think the compassion and the uh, intuitive understanding of people that she brings to the table that i've kind of been able to look at very closely and maybe there's a rub off effect so so in terms of your leadership skills you know since your children were born and especially the things that you learned from your daughter tell me maybe may give us an example of a few things that you're doing differently now as a leader one thing that i'm doing uh, differently again this is uh, more recent so it's got to do with the pandemic is uh, you know allowing life and work to exist side by side mm-hmm. so earlier what used to happen with uh, at least for i am talking about myself that there was a straight, you know straight jacketed uh, bucket in my mind that uh, you know this is work whether it's you know 9 to 6 or whatever it is and that time we are not supposed to be doing anything else or thinking about anything else and i used to run my life like that and i would pretty much in my mind it was a belief system that i had that others should also adhere to and subscribe to this sort of you know philosophy and behavior so this used to work well in uh, in the old normal as they say but uh, i've completely changed uh, my style in the last uh, year and a half or thereabouts so now it is about accepting the fact that people have a life and the people have work and uh, the two cannot be put in different buckets especially when people are working out of home so again at work we've you know put in a lot of initiatives to involve the families at work so some of the employee engagement activities that we've been doing have involved uh, families also and of course uh, no prizes for guessing that such events have of course been a much bigger hit amongst our people as compared to doing employee engagement activities with uh, just our employees so if you just kind of uh, take an extra step and involve them and it doesn't take too much with uh, you know zoom or uh, other such digital tools that we have today uh, to create more uh, inclusive events so we've done a lot of creative stuff on that front so i believe that has changed and uh, people also see a more humane side of you so i don't think that was the case uh, maybe 8 to 10 years ago i think uh, they would only see the uh, the left brain side you know uh, the corporate executive chasing targets and you know uh, treating people like uh, productivity machines and uh, i think that that approach has changed and it's quite visibly changed it's not something that is you know put up uh, as a facade and without having to give me any inside information on your how your business is doing you know are there any sort of trends you've noticed this sort of more inclusive way of working and you know uh, more acceptance that you know work life are not to completely mutually exclusive compartments how has that translated into you know productivity of your employees in sort of maybe um just workplace engagement and you know also profitability and things like that yeah so uh, lots of positive uh, effects i would say in fact uh, you know moving on from that uh, or extending the theme that we spoke about earlier about you know learning and skill development i think that's one major thing that i've tried to do during the pandemic so what i've encouraged the team to do is pick up skills 
and you know become much more digital and it has taken off in a way you know much beyond what i was uh, expecting this would lead to so now some of the business users in my team have become citizen developers which means they can create apps on their own uh, without having any background in technology so just like i became a convert from you know a commerce background student to somebody who's doing cutting edge tech uh, these people also transformed in the last uh, one year in fact shorter time frame than that but in a subset of the last one year who you know have that confidence that they can visualize what their process should look like in the digital world and not only stop at that but configure those processes on systems and create apps on on their own which they could use on their desktops or their mobile apps and can you imagine how empowered you know a person would feel if they have the power to do this when you know uh, 12 months ago they they would probably shudder to write formulas in excel sheets or you know what have you i think the the other very big factor is uh, the mental health so you know some of them have uh, come and said to me uh, in strict confidence of course that uh, they were facing you know anxiety issues or mental health issues and they feared that they would get into depression and i think it's about uh, having a constructive mindset versus having a consumer mindset so you know if you have a consumer mindset what you end up doing especially in times like the pandemic is consume all the negative feed because you only have negative feed you do not have positive news feed out there so if you are a consumer in any case you will only be consuming negative content because that is what sells and you know that's going to stay that way forever uh, however if you have a cre- you know creator mindset uh, then you can really build things on your own and it not only does well you know to the business and you know uh, or to whatever functional sphere that you're working in it also has a tremendous uh, impact on your self confidence on your self belief on your self esteem and you know as the government of india has been saying uh, you can become atmanirbhar or self reliant and i think that's a very powerful thing to actually be self reliant based on the skills that you've developed yeah. and uh, i think you know in that way the pandemic has really been a, a blessing of so, uh, of sorts for us so it also feels to me like the 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 mindset you've had around parenting and you know encouraging your children to be curious and to follow their curiosity and creativity that you're using a similar thing in your workplace and i don't want to make it seem like you're the parent to your no slightly parent. slightly different so i've used some uh, some tricks there also but uh, yeah they are not the same uh, as the one with kids although i did i must say this uh, we did a session on uh, childhood with our office colleagues so we did do a session where we got people to dig out their old childhood photographs and uh, you know bring it up to the to a zoom meeting and uh, of course we played a game and you know everybody was supposed to guess who this person was whose childhood pic was displayed and we asked everybody to speak about their childhood i did a bit of a wrap up session connecting you know whatever they were saying to how they were in in their job profile and what else they could do creatively to expand on on their professional repertoire so yeah there was a little bit of you know playing the parent also but that wasn't the main thing the main thing was really uh, i coined uh, something called the pit stop metaphor and uh, the pit stop of course when expanded uh, you know translates into functional things you know process information technology strategy training operations and people and all of that but uh, more importantly what i told my folks at work 
is that treat the pandemic and this is like two months into the lockdown i didn't know that it is going to you know keep running for 15 months or i don't know for how long mm. uh, but i told them to treat uh, the pandemic as a pit stop so just like in a formula one race you have a pit stop you know where uh, you take a break from the race and here you are taking a break from the race of life so to speak uh, but it is you know a make or break time because this is the time when you can really change everything you can you know change the oil you can change the tires you can you know fine tune your engine you can do whatever you want and uh, you know just like you do that in a space of 10 seconds in a one hour race in a formula one uh, think of this as a six month of course i didn't know how long it will last but that's what i told them think of this as six months in your life of you know 75 years where you're getting a golden opportunity to completely you know revamp your internals and get back to the race of life you know whenever the pandemic is over and i think that uh, that struck a chord with people and they got you know motivated and inspired and uh, it was one of the enabling factors which led to a lot of the positivity and uh, everything else that followed from there on fascinating uh, and I, I i'm sort of curious to know whether you know, I mean, I obviously I grew up in India as well, so I know that there's a slight hierarchical way of looking at things. So for example, you know, um, if you're a young person, then you have to show reverence to someone who's older. You know, even in a workplace, if someone's you know older than you, then you you kind of have to go in not trying to show your knowledge, but to be very deferential to someone who. So that sort of is not how you've brought up your children. You know, you, you've kind of treated them as equals, you've been willing to learn from them, and it feels like you're bringing some of those principles into your workplace. But how do your children, how have you taught them to cope with a society that is not as open and welcoming of young people who know their mind, who are questioning and who are creative and curious? Well, so far, uh, I don't think uh, the kids have had a problem, really because uh, I think the world has been quite welcoming as far as they are concerned. And maybe they've not re yet reached that stage in life and they will face those challenges because you know, when you're children, everybody kind of uh, is fond of you and uh, pampers you. And you know, even if you do something which is uh, sort of imperfect, you are showered with you know, love, adulation, praise, and you know, all of that. And of course we are all you know, biased because they are part of our family and so on. I think they will or they might face these challenges in the future. However, from a different standpoint, you know, if I visualize them getting into, let's say, a workspace in maybe, you know, five years from now or, you know, seven years from now, I think by that time, the managers or, you know, the people who are people leaders in the workspace will have to change their attitudes and their belief systems about how they treat freshers uh, coming onto jobs, right? And that is not just true of you know, five or seven years down the line. I think that is very much true of today as well. So I do hope they face uh, less of those resistances, but I think the way you know, they are brought up, I think they will, they'll be able to cope with these challenges. So, I, so I've got a few maybe final questions to wrap this conversation up. So tell me a little bit about how learning from your children and learning to you know to embrace your own curiosity and creativity how is that translated into a sort of a bigger purpose for you yeah so uh, i think learning is just uh, one part of it i think the other part which is kind of uh, dovetailing into the purpose is really about 
sharing the knowledge and the insights and the experiences that one has uh, along with others with a view to helping them. So, you know, if you take uh, LEA from learning and, uh, you know, sharing and helping. So it's kind of a leash model that uh, I have in mind. And that has been my driving force for the last, uh, I would say, few years, but it has become more pronounced in the last uh, year or so post the pandemic. That yes, if it is uh, something as straightforward or simple as writing something, you know, and publishing it on the internet, if this can have a profound impact and maybe save somebody from, you know, getting into depression or, you know, struggling with the mental health issues, uh, or just becoming a better version of themselves in whatever way it can impact them, then I think it can be a really powerful tool. Of course, I used to run a, you know, personal uh, website in my own name and, you know, would share uh, my thoughts, et cetera. But I thought, you know, it's time to institutionalize this. I think the book uh, definitely changed my thinking a, a bit. And that led to the creation of, uh, you know, along with my wife who's leading the effort of fromtheexpertsmouth.com. And now we feel that, yeah, it is a platform that we have created and it is sort of our, you know, give back vehicle to the society where we are creating an ecosystem where people, not just, you know, me or my wife or my daughter, but pretty much anybody in the world can come in and share their experiences and help, you know, uplift each one of us. And of course, it can lead to a you know, process of self-discovery for the others as well. So that is just the starting point. I have a lot of uh, other ideas uh, in terms of what we can do to play a more active and direct role. Uh, but I'm thinking of ways in which, uh, you know, I can enable that sort of an ecosystem to mushroom where, you know, we are playing a part in developing the right sort of skills of people, you know, creating a community sort of ecosystem where it is not just about uh, getting some information and then going back to life and letting life take over, but uh, to be involved in that community and to kind of, uh, you know, live with those principles and to be acting as accountability partners for each other and, you know, implementing some of those principles and thought processes. So, you know, there's, uh, there's the information or the experience and insight sharing aspect. There is a community aspect. There is a skill development aspect. So if we can bring, you know, all of these three things onto our platform, I think uh, but it can be a complete game changer, right? Uh, because... I do not see any one platform which is kind of uh, focused on bringing these three things together in a constructive sort of way to change lives of people. So you have either people who are focused on, you know, articles and knowledge sharing. Uh, there are people who do it in, you know, niche segments, which of course doesn't help the broader society. Uh, or you have them, you know, working on community building, which invariably will, you know, end up becoming a Facebook sort of model where ad revenues and algorithms and other of these things will take over and you will forget, you know, the purpose and, you know, the goodness with which you uh, started all of this, yeah. right? And uh, I mean, I can go on and on, but to cut a long story short uh, in the interest of time, that's the broad vision, you know, I think of it in terms of, uh, you know, a few C's. So for the first C is the content and then you have, you know, courses and learning and then you have community and, uh, you know, then you have uh, conferences and events. I mean, it can go on and on, but uh, that is the purpose which uh, I would like to see coming to life in the next uh, 10 years or so. That sounds brilliant. And of course, your starting point is from the expert's mouth, uh, where you've got you know people from different walks of life who are sharing 
their knowledge and expertise in the form of articles. Is that right? Is that going to be also the place where you will create this community and, you know, have events and things like that? Oh, yes, absolutely. So yeah. this will be the umbrella brand. And uh, yeah, we'll do uh, everything within the brand. Uh, of course, with the rich network that I've built uh, in the last 25 years, I don't think, you know, getting together the right sort of people who can deliver this uh, value to people will be a challenge at all. I think it's been a real privilege to work with uh, some great people and to be associated with great people over these last years. And I think it, uh, the, the platform will provide an opportunity for these people also to kind of uh, live up to their, you know, purpose and fulfill their purpose. Because I think after, you know, a couple of decades, uh, pretty much everybody gets into this sort of mode. And I think you hit such a on a, such a good point that actually because there's so much freely available content and knowledge and information that actually in a way it helps to democratize, you know, expertise uh, without it becoming transactional and people feeling like, oh, if I'm going to write something, I want to be paid for it or, you know, what's in it for me, that kind of thing has changed. I think people are becoming more willing and happy to share what they know because they realize that it's, it's you know, there's no real value to it unless the person takes it and turns it into something of value for themselves. You know, it doesn't have value in itself. That's certainly my experience. Yeah, so, absolutely. So it's not just about expertise. I think it's also about experiences. So, you know, what we are telling people is that you don't need to be a quote unquote expert in the field known in the industry to be able to share your insights on, you know, uh, on the platform. I think we all can learn by sharing experiences of ordinary people right? Because there is some expertise or insight coming from every one of us. Couldn't agree more. And I think that that's the key, that it's insight, not information, because insight is far more valuable than just information. So my, my final question for you, uh, Rajiv, is, is what would be your definition of a fulfilled life? What I feel is, yeah, if I'm able to become a better version of myself, every day, every month, every year, then I have done, you know, 50% of my job. The other 50% is in terms of, uh, you know, having the gratification of seeing some of uh, my experiences or knowledge or expertise, whatever you may want to call it, uh, helping others and, uh, you know, seeing it help others. I think uh, unless I kind of have that visual feedback or auditory feedback of that having impacted somebody's life, I don't feel fulfilled, all right? So, so those are the two parts to my definition of leading a, you know, a fulfilled life. Fascinating conversation, Rajiv. Thank you so much for your time. I'm already in love with your family and I want to come and meet them and your children in particular. And is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Any other pearls of wisdom or you know, experience or advice? No, I, uh, I think one of the things which I mentioned earlier, if people can, uh, one, change their mindset, or at least partially, from being a consumer to being a creator, I think that's a game changer and, you know, their life will not be the same after that. And uh, secondly, I would say, you know, share your experiences because you, I mean, people completely underestimate the power of uh, sharing. I think it's uh, the most underrated skill because if you keep everything with you, uh, you're not going to grow and you know people around you are not going to know and uh, benefit out of it either. 
and we will be surprised you know by the kind of things that people around you don't know because uh, this is what i call the curse of knowledge and uh, i mean i've lived that curse of knowledge for many many years so uh, i i still am living with it but uh, you tend to believe that because you know something uh, everybody else in the world does and it is common sense and uh, this is uh, you know even more true of the quote unquote you know more educated people who've been through higher education and have the good privileges etc uh, it's even more important for such people to overcome that curse of knowledge and share their you know experiences insights pearls of wisdom uh, or uh, you know just simple day to day stuff about how they go about living their day right it might just uh, be life changing for others in ways that you cannot even imagine yes yes that's very very good advice thank you so much rajiv right thank you i hope you enjoyed this conversation i took a number of insights away from rajiv the first of which is something he said in the conversation where the child is the father of man and i think rajiv and his wife's experience really proves that when you really engage with children and not only encourage their curiosity and creativity but actually actively participate with them in that process of discovery and experimentation that you yourself become childlike and you learn so many things and you discover um things about yourself that were all, always inside you but maybe you never had a chance to really uncover and the second thing i loved what he talked about uh, especially in in an environment where so much seems to be negative and out of our control that don't just be a consumer be a be a creator be constructive um i really like that and i think that uh at a time when it's so easy to criticize people whether it's governments whether it's you know employers for not doing enough uh we have an opportunity to do something and make a difference so i would love to hear what your key takeaways were and last but not least i want to acknowledge mike pearl for his lovely music which are at the bookends of this podcast if you would like some original music for your own content then you can get in touch with Mike direct he is contactable on email on mp which is m for mike p for pearl mp969696 at hotmail.com thanks for listening